morning's scripture lesson is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 27. As Jesus wraps up the Sermon on the Mount, he says this. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, Jesus says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. A foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, this morning, the, the sermon is entitled Choices. Can you say that with me? Choices. Who... Who in here likes choices? Likes choices, likes options. I like choices with lots of options, right? And I don't know if you know this about me, but I love, I love Coca-Cola. I love Coca-Cola, and one of the things I love about Coca-Cola, I don't know if you've seen the freestyle machines that came out a few years ago that are like the big cubes, Zaxby's and other places. Those machines that have over 100 combinations of Coca-Cola inside of them. I remember when those things first came out, I was standing there like a video game pressing all the buttons. There's a long line behind me. But I didn't care. I didn't care. I was, you know, taking advantage of my choices and my options. There are so many to choose from. And, you know, honestly, I, I browse it all. I look at them all. But I end up usually getting the same thing. But it doesn't matter because I like choices. And I like choices with lots of options. The same thing with hot wings. I love hot wings. Anyone here like hot wings? We're blessed to have a lot of hot wing places near us that are delicious, okay? One of the things with hot wings is when you order them, Lots, lots of options. Hot, medium, mild. David, what's your favorite? Mild, lemon pepper, you know, you got mango habanero, barbecue, garlic, parmesan, honey, honey pepper. I mean, like there, there are a million options for hot wings. And so I love, I love during hot wings. That was like my quarantine food every Friday night. I've stopped now. Uh, but I used to get them all the time and I love all the options and being able to choose, same things when it goes beyond food to Netflix. We love options, and now there's so many. Netflix has the shuffle feature. I don't know if you've used that. 
in case you're overwhelmed at the end of the day by all the options, it'll choose for you. I love options when it comes to insurance, choosing who I'm going to go with, vacations, schedules, all sorts of stuff. And I don't think I'm alone. Like, like Americans, we love options, don't we? We, we love options. We love, we love choices. I, I heard about somebody who came to America for the first time, and they said, man, when I went in the grocery store and looked down the ice cream aisle at the hundreds of flavors that you Americans have, right? We have, we have so many options for everything. And we like options. And honestly, a lot of times we kind of demand options. And that was, I think, one reason why last year was so difficult for a lot of us because options were, were taken away. We didn't have as many choices. And so we went to the restaurant and less items on the menu, less, less options. And then they said, okay, you don't get to choose whether you come in, it's takeout only. And then you go to the grocery store, not many choices, right? Okay, mask required, and then you go to the toilet paper aisle. There's no choices. It's just the one single-ply, terrible toilet paper nobody else wants. <laughs> then schools, you didn't have an option for a while. It was, it was online only. Online only, right? There were, there were a lot of options taken away, and so, so people were kind of, you know, feeling difficult about that. And, but, but now, the thing is, post-pandemic, or well, in the midst of the pandemic, on the, this side of things, now it's like we have more options than ever before, right? I mean, it used to be in-person-only worship, then it was online-only worship. Now it's, you know, online and in-person work. If you're looking for a job right now, you can, you can work from home. You can work from anywhere. You can do hybrid work where you go in one day a week. You can choose a job that's, that's in an office if you like an office. School, same thing. You have choices. Medical care, now they're pushing you to telehealth or urgent care, all this kind of stuff. There are so many options and choices in our world, and we, we love that. We embrace them because I think it gives us a sense of control sometimes to be able to choose. It gives us a sense of agency we like the idea that, that, you know, with freedom comes all of these options and choices. And so when Jesus is finishing his sermon on the mount, this, this famous sermon that we've been looking at all summer long. He ends the sermon as he moves from kind of a teaching section to an application section. And he leaves us with some choices. And at first glance, they're kind of nice because we like choices. And so it's nice that as Jesus wraps things up, he's giving some choices. He's laying them before us, his listeners then and his listeners today. And it's nice that Jesus isn't like forcing his teachings and his way of life on us. He's, he's giving us choices. But, but then the choices, when you look at the scripture text we just read, they get a little uncomfortable because when it comes to the choices Jesus gives us, he doesn't give us a lot of options. They feel a, a little uncomfortable, a little constrained, a little binary, because when Jesus lays some choices before us, he really gives two options for each one. So, I mean, if we, we look at the text, the first thing he does is he says, choose your path. Jesus says, choose your path. And there are two paths, he says. There's a wide path and there's a narrow path. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't give a middle way here. He said there's a wide path and there's a narrow path. And he says the wide path, the wide path is easy to walk on. It's expansive. You can carry with you whatever you want. Like it's easy. It's, it's a good way to go. I mean, he says, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people choose that way. And you know, the, the wide path for me, it's like kind of like 
the mall. I was at the mall yesterday. Walking at the mall, there's lots of people, right, at the mall, but the path is wide. It's spacious. You can carry with you your bags. I have my stroller, right? Like, you can, you can do what you want when you want at the mall. If you're like, hey, I want an Annie Ann's pretzel, you just go get your pretzel. Do what you want. You want a Starbucks, you just go get your Starbucks. You buy what you want. You do what you want. There's not a lot of boundaries. There's not a lot of regulations. Like, Jesus is saying, that's the wide path. And of course, because that's what the path is like, he acknowledges a lot of people will choose that path. But then he says there's a, there's a narrow path, and we know this is the path that Jesus desires for us to choose. He says there's a narrow path that's more difficult. There's fewer people on it. It's kind of a challenging path, and you can't carry a lot of stuff with you. It's almost like rather than a, than a mall, walking in a mall, it's more like walking in an alley. He says there's a narrow path, and this path that Jesus is telling us about at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, this, this path is paved with his teachings. This path is paved with his commandments. And here as Jesus wraps up the sermon, I mean, he's been teaching us a lot of different things. We've been looking at it all summer long. And because school's starting next week, we'll do a little, a little uh, review here. I mean, what, what are some of the things that Jesus has taught us in the Sermon on the Mount? What are some of his teachings? What are some of his commands? Shout them out if you remember any. Do what? Love one another. Yeah. And particularly your enemies. Love your enemies. Be the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Be different, he says. Live different. What else? He says, ask, seek, knock, like we talked about last week. He says, pray. And when he teaches us how to pray, he says, confess your sins. He tells us to give, to pray, to fast, to not store up treasures on earth, but instead store up treasures in heaven. He says, don't worry. He says, your righteousness must be different than the righteousness of the Pharisees. It must be greater. It must be an inner righteousness. And he sums it up and he says, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus has been giving us a lot of teachings, a lot of commands in his Sermon on the Mount. And, and this narrow path that he's, he's setting before us, he's saying, look, this path is paved with my commands and my teachings. As opposed to the wide path, which is paved with our own preferences. Which is the path of our own standards, our own morality. We can do what we want when we won. And Jesus says, look, as a good preacher coming to the end of his sermon, he says, look, you have to choose. You need to respond. Choose today. And he doesn't force, force us to go one way or the other. He leaves it up to us. But he says, choose your path, the wide path or the narrow path. And then he continues. He, he puts another choice before us. We like choices, right? Well, he gives us another one. But again, there's only two options. He says, choose your foundation. He says, choose your foundation, and there are two foundations to choose from. And he tells us about these foundations in, in a parable. This is one of my favorite parables, one of the most unforgettable parables to me. It's a parable about two houses. And Jesus, being a carpenter, he likely knew something about houses. And so he paints this picture of two houses, 
that maybe had the same blueprint, maybe were next door to each other, maybe they were painted the same color, same layout, maybe it took them the same amount of time to build, like for all intents and purposes, like if you looked at them, you might not be able to tell a difference. They were likely both built during the dry season in Israel when there's, when there's no rain. And so these houses from the outside, at least for a time, look very similar to one another. But Jesus says the only difference is the foundation, what they were built upon. And he says after they were built, storms came. Storms came, the wind began to beat against the houses, the rain began to fall. And the house that was built upon a rock survived the storms. It held strong, but the house that was built upon sand, which he says it is what the foolish man did, the foundation gave way, and Jesus says the house falls, and it falls with a great crash. And I think it's interesting in this parable, I mean, Jesus tells us this truth that I think a lot of us have realized the past year. Storms reveal foundations. And I think in a lot of our lives, and lives of the ones we love, we've seen that in the last year. The storms we face, foundations have been revealed. And, and for, for some people, they've realized, you know what, my foundation is, is lacking. And others of you, Maybe you've realized, you know what, in the midst of the storms of life and everything that's come away, like, like I've been able to stand because I'm standing on a firm foundation. And Jesus tells us what the firm foundation is. He says, the firm foundation is people who listen to my word and then live out my word. And the foundation of sand is people who listen to my word Maybe it's even on their lips. Maybe they're even telling other people about my word, but they're not living out my word. And he says, look, if you're not going to be obedient, if you're not going to live out my word, that is a foundation that is ultimately going to fall. And this is a tough teaching because Jesus says, look, it's not enough to know about me. It's not enough to talk about me. Some people are going to say, Lord, we, we were telling everybody about you. We were proclaiming your name. He, he says, it's good to know about me. It's good to speak about me, but you need to live out my teachings. You need to do my will. He says you need to choose your foundation. Will it be a foundation of obedience or just listening and kind of walking away and letting it not make a difference in your life? And again, he doesn't force us to go one way or the other. He leaves it up to us. And then he gives another choice. He, in all this, he kind of says, choose your destination. Choose your destination. Again, he gives kind of two broad options. He says, one destination is, is death. One destination is, is destruction. One destination is like a house with a great crash. One destination is departing from my presence. And he says, the other destination the other destination is life. The other destination is, is resting with me eternally. The other destination is, is like the house that experienced all the storms but stood strong in the midst of storms. And, and really here, Jesus is kind of recounting the words that God says in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Here's, here's what God says. Deuteronomy chapter 30 to the Israelites. We got it in the system. Go to the next slide. 
God says this, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Jesus places the choice before us. He says, choose your destination. And as he's giving us all of these choices, choose your path, choose your foundation, choose your destination. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying to us, all of these choices come back ultimately to one choice. Jesus is saying, choose me. After hearing all of these words, all of these teachings, after sitting at my feet, choose me for I have chosen you. Jesus says, choose me for I have chosen you. Because if you think about it, Jesus chose us. He chose to empty himself and to step out of heaven into our world. To walk the narrow path. To walk a path in which he was ridiculed, in which he was excluded, he was mocked. Walk the path of righteousness. He, he walked the walk. He talked the talk. He lived in obedience to his father. He showed us with his life how we are called to live. He showed us the life that leads to abundant life here and now. He made that choice for us. He walked the narrow path. Jesus chose obedience. He chose obedience to his heavenly father even unto death. And when we look in the scriptures, we see him in the garden knowing God's will and struggling of, okay, I, I know I'm called to do this. And ultimately he does God's will for us. He lays down his very life for us. He chooses obedience for you and for me because he loves us so much. He chooses. He chooses to go to the cross, to experience death, to bear the weight of the world's sin out of love for you and me. And he rises again from the dead. He defeats death. He ascends into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty to prepare a place for us. He has gone ahead of us. He has chosen us. And elsewhere he says, look, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so here, as Jesus is wrapping up his sermon, he, he's saying, look, choose me. Choose me. I have already chosen you. Choose to follow me. Choose to be my disciple. Choose to give your life to me, for I am going to give my life for you. But again, he leaves it up to us. He gives us a choice. He doesn't force us to follow him. But he's saying, choose this day. Choose me. And this week, as I was thinking about choosing Jesus, what that means, what that looks like, I thought about uh, this picture of a Christian icon I saw a few years ago. It's an icon depicting 21 men. And you might not be able to tell if you don't know the context, but they're on a beach here in the picture, a beach in Libya. And this was painted in about 2015 when, when these 21 men, there's 20 Coptic Christians here, 
and there's one Ghanaian Christian in the middle. And these 21 men, they were all migrant workers in Libya. They had traveled there to earn money for their families and, and send money back to their families to support them and their children. And when they were working in Libya, they were captured by members of ISIS. They were captured and they were told to choose. Choose Jesus or reject Jesus. So these men, they chose Jesus. They chose Jesus and one day they were dressed in orange outfits. They were marched down a beach and videotaped for the world to see they were executed. And now they have reached their destination with our Heavenly Father. There they're resting in His presence. And there was a, a reporter of types named Martin Mosbach. He traveled to Egypt to the hometowns of, of many of these men. And he began to talk to the families about them and hear, hear their stories after this news kind of spread across the world. And interestingly enough, the families, they all said like, we don't want revenge. We don't want retaliation. They kind of like echoed Jesus's teachings in the Sermon on the Mount after their children, their husbands, their fathers were executed. After they became martyrs. They said, we don't want revenge. And as he began to ask about these men's lives, the family said, look, they weren't like super Christians or anything. They were just faithful followers of Jesus Christ. They were just average people who chose Jesus and chose him day after day and chose him even unto death. And so he talked to some of the families and here's what they had to say about some of the men, about a man named Maged. The family said he was quick to forgive. He argued with no one and was faithful and honorable. About a man named Luca, they said his peaceful smile showed how close he was to God. About a man named Samah, it was said he gave alms to the poor even though he was poor. And about Yusef, that he was calm, obedient, and quick to confess his sins. And you know, whenever we're, we're kind of faced with with these stories of, of martyrs, people who have died for Christ, a lot of times the, the question that's at the forefront of our minds is if we were faced with that choice, what would we choose? Would we be willing to die for Christ like they did? And I think that's a good question to think about. It's also a question I hope and pray that, that none of us ultimately have to answer in our lives. But I think it also pushes another question to us. And that's not just, would we be willing to die for Christ? It's, are we willing to live for Christ? Are we willing to choose Jesus each and every day to walk the narrow path? Are we willing to choose to build our lives upon a firm foundation, obedience, to his commands and upon his love? Are we willing to choose to follow him wherever he goes? And we know where he's gone. He's gone to prepare a place for us. Jesus 
puts these choices before us as we wrap up the Sermon on the Mount. And this morning, it's up to each of us to decide in our hearts and with our lives, will we choose him? Will we follow him? And so I invite you to bow your heads for a time of prayer and as we go before God, I mean, we remember that this isn't a a one-time choice choosing Jesus. This is something we do over and over again each and every day of our lives. So God, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus has chosen us. He has chosen out of his great love to come to earth for us, to show us the way that leads to life, to lay down his life for us, to prepare a place for us. We thank you that Jesus has chosen us and that we have the opportunity to choose you, to choose to follow your son, to to choose to walk his way of life and to, to spend eternity with him. God, we thank you for that opportunity, for your grace and for your mercy. And God, we know this morning there, there might be people here who've, who've never made this choice, who've never said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I choose you. And so this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity, if, if that's you this morning and maybe you've never said, Jesus, I choose you. I want to turn from the path I've been on. I want to walk on the path that you're on. I want to follow you. I want to give my life to you. I want to learn from you. I want to spend eternity with you. If you've never made that choice in this morning, you, you want to say for the first time, Jesus, I choose you. Would you just, just raise your hand in the air or slip it up in the air so that we can recognize you? And I know there's others of us in the room. During the last year, the storms have revealed the foundations of our lives. And maybe, maybe you're one of these people who, who's realized there are places that are broken in your foundation. It needs some shoring up. It needs some, some work. So maybe this morning you want to say, Jesus, I, I want to repair my foundation. I want, I want to walk on the narrow path. I've been on a different path. If, if that's you this morning, you want to say, Jesus, help me come back to you, help me follow you, help me build my life on a firm foundation. Is if, if that's you, would you raise your hand this morning so that we can pray for you? Amen, amen. And I know there's others of us, we have chosen to follow Jesus. Maybe it was, maybe it was a vacation Bible school, maybe it was at youth camp, maybe it was here in this place of worship. But maybe in your heart and in your life, there are other family members and friends you're praying for that they might choose Jesus. And so if God's placed a family member or friend on your heart this morning and you want us to pray for them, would you raise your hand as we pray for people, pray for our friends and neighbors? Amen. Many hands all around. You can can put them down. Heavenly Father, we, we choose you. We choose you, your way of life here and now. We choose you. We choose eternity with you. We choose to repent of our sins and to trust in you for salvation. God, we we thank you. We thank you for, for those watching online, for people who may be making that choice today. 
We pray that you would give us the grace, the strength to do that. God, we pray for all of those who've said this morning that that they want their foundation to be strong, to be repaired, that they want to live in obedience to you. God, we know that you don't command us to do anything. You won't give us the grace to do. So we pray that your grace would fill us and give us your Holy Spirit so that we can live in obedience to you. And God, we know that, that so many of us have chosen to follow Jesus and we want our friends, we want our family members to experience the life that he gives to us. And so God, we lift them up today. We pray that they might know your love and your amazing grace. God, we pray that you might give us the boldness to share it with them, with the whole world. God, we know that it is your will that none should perish and that everyone might live with you and experience the life that you have for us. And so God, we pray for all of those people today. God, we say to you this morning, we choose you. We choose you this day. Help us choose you tomorrow and every day of our lives. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I invite you, church, to stand and to sing with us.